Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sleepers Podcast, Tuesday, September 5th. Uh, we're back. Good evening. Good morning. Hope you had a wonderful Monday. Uh, back in the rhythm of this a little bit. Cart vacation last week. It's always hard after a vacation for me to like get hit with that dose of reality where things you had gotten used to in the day-to-day grind, you step out of, and then you realize how hard those things are. Like I, I didn't realize how hard it is to eat fruit. And now here I am again trying to eat fruit, and it's hard. Okay? It's difficult. I mean, what you, you take one vacation in Traverse City, get a couple... Couple brews in you, a couple couple mixed drinks, and you just lose the love of fruit. It had been so long since I just only ate cheese pizza and only drank cocktails for like seventy two oh, hours straight. <laughs> I know you saying it was hard to get back into, but how good did that feel though? That, I mean, that... it feels good today. Yesterday was hell. Like I, I literally, I don't know what happened. My vision was blurry. Like I got done with my run, and I was then walking the final like block back to my house after my run. And like everything was blurry. <laughs> that's that's uh not good. No, it's really bad. But today was good. I made it through and I'm okay. I guess I don't know, man. Like podcasting's part of the grind though, right? Like I do love this. I look forward to it, but I forgot that it takes an hour to record this and then two hours to get it up on the YouTube channel. So yeah, 100%. <laughs> and and on top of that, once you get out of the rhythm of actually doing it too, it's like it's like when you have a hoop in a while. You're like rusty when you pick up the ball for the first time and shoot that first shot. And that's kind of how it is sometimes with podcasting, too. There's a somewhat of a rhythm factor to it. For sure. One fun fact about me, though, is that I'm, I've am i never gotten rusty when I pick up a ball. Really? So all I do is shoot, though. But people should know this by now. Like That's the only thing I can provide on a basketball court is just spot shooting. But notoriously, like if I go six months without touching a rock and then I play my first game, I usually shoot very hot that day. Like I have a hot shooting day, not a cold shooting day. It's weird. Huh? That's pretty impressive, honestly. Yeah. I got to try that again. Cause it's been like nine months since I've hooped right now. Um, Guess having a child will do that to you. Anyways, folks, let's get into this weird episode today. Clearly already uh, some weird topics to do today. We're going to talk about a recruit that Kansas might flip a recruit that Kentucky had that may not show up. And then we're going to talk about some beef because at the end of the day, we are a drama based podcast and we like when there's drama and there's drama with uh, not one of our teams, but a team that is relevant in our world. So that'll be saved for last today. Cart. One thing I did miss though, in my vacation, I missed YouTube comments and more specifically, I missed people yelling at us in the YouTube comments. So let's go to Carter Elliott's favorite comment of the day. You know, I there's a couple to choose from that I that I went through. Uh, one we we'll had to talk about offline, but just want to be known that where was it? Steve Prio six three seven three. Very long, well thought out comment will be addressed offline. Just know that Steve, I appreciate um, that comment. But this is the one I want to go with. Uh, it's Rhoda Varp. 
And Rhoda Varva, I think, is a Northwestern fan. I think Northwestern will be an 11 or 12 win team in the conference this year. Not as rough as most believe. Boo Barnheiser, Barry Langsborg, and Mullins is a good blend of veteran consistency and overall upside for your backcourt and wing crew. Up front, Nicholson's played a lot of basketball, can hold his own. I'm high on Martinelli. Goes on to kind of talk about some other things that could possibly roll around and that bearing will be picked up, the slack will be picked up for on him. And then Boo has a terrific season. There's very nice pieces for a top six Big Ten team. Are you buying top six Big Ten Northwestern? I saw this comment and I tried to jump through the mental hoops to get there. Um, I don't think it's possible, though. And I guess people could have said this last year and they would have looked really stupid about it because Northwestern was like a top four team in the Big Ten last year. Uh, never forget Michigan also beat Northwestern twice, 2-0 against the Wildcats last year, tip of the cap. But no, I think there's a clear couple tiers ahead of them this year. Adish gone is going to matter. Um, I love Boo. Maybe he can drag them to like a bubble team level, but they're not better than the top two. Clearly, they're not better than Maryland. They're not better than Ohio State. I don't think they're better than Illinois. So that leaves them fighting like seven other teams for the rights to the sixth spot. And I don't think they have more talent than Indiana or Michigan or even like Iowa or Wisconsin. Like there's just too many teams this year. So I say no chance. Yeah, I said no chance. I think it would take one more guy to get me there. And because I actually am in on some of the pieces, like obviously Boo, we don't have to talk about, but I'm pretty hot on Barnheiser. Um, I think there's something there with Martinelli and Nicholson is serviceable. He's is a, he is seven foot. He's serviceable. What do, you, what do you think's there with Martinelli? I don't he just strikes me as like you put him as like a glue guy and he could be that guy. Like, but on this team, he needs to be what, the third option? Yeah, that's my problem is everyone that's not boo on this roster, I think the strikes me as a glue guy applies to. <laughs> yeah, so that that well, I actually I think there's a little bit more there with Barnheiser. I really I do. Yeah, okay. I, I'm a big fan of his game. Actually, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if Barnheiser takes a step and softens the Adige leaving more than some think. I don't I, I don't know if there'd be I mean, obviously, Aldiz was an unbelievable two-way player. I think his defense was not mentioned as much as it should be. But uh, I think Barnheiser can pick up the slack there. I will say this. If they do end up as a top-six team in the Big Ten, if that does happen, obviously, I don't see a world where it does. Boo's a first-team All-American. Yep. (laughs) And Boo's the best guard in the country. Yeah, there's no more avoiding it. If if yeah. Boo makes this team relevant, then you can't even he, give he anybody is, else credit for it. It's he's cool. the best guard in the country and one of the best PGs in Big Ten history. But yeah, it's hard it. for me. It's hard for me to think about Northwestern because I think it was such a missed opportunity losing Adige. And if you would have told me Adige wasn't on this team, I would have bet my life he grad transferred and was playing at like a blue blood next year. I think a lot of schools would have wanted him, but I I just feel surprised and I get like everybody has a decision to make but I I'm pretty shocked they couldn't convince Adige to come back if the alternative was I'm gonna go play summer league and then wind up I don't know where he is now is he a G League guy I don't know but he's not an NBA on a two-way with the heat I don't know but that's not positive he's not sniffing an NBA roster even if he is on a two-way with Miami so and that would have been there a year from now anyway even if he came back to Northwestern so I think it's a missed opportunity but um we're rooting for boo that's the nicest thing we can say. Can I respond to a hate comment real quick from the YouTube? And then we can move on. So Jay Edward 5155 said, thumbing your nose at YouTube comments seems pretty stupid. Are we thumbing our nose at the comments, Cart? Is that what we're doing here? What the hell is thumbing your nose? 
I it it's I think that's a white person phrase for like sticking it to the YouTube comments. Like you're you're too good for the YouTube comments. No, we're not too. I mean, we read them all, obviously. I mean, I don't, I don't really know what you want from us there. Look, man. Uh, thank you for listening, Jay Edward. Thank you for leaving the comment as we respond to your comment. The problem with doing comments the way we did was we were getting like 30 a day, which was awesome. Absolutely love that. I'm a little sad that we aren't getting 30 a day anymore. People have no obligation to post them anymore. I get that. But here's the thing. If we had to read 30 comments a day, we would never finish an episode. Like we we were busting ass to try to get those done in like an hour and 45 minutes. Uh, we are like in order to post these to Apple and Spotify, there's a minutes limit. And we went way over that last month, which is why we had to open up the Discord and basically ask people to pay us so that we're not paying that out of pocket anymore because we want to give this to all of you. But uh, like it's it's hard. <laughs> and it, yesterday we had one comment. We did one comment. We did an 80 minute episode with one comment. Add 29 more comments to that. We would never get through what we want to get through. So that's the movement. Sorry, Jay Edward. Sorry to anybody else who is upset that we are no longer reading every single YouTube comment. If you want us to read your comments, we've given you a way that we'll still do that. We'll do that through the Discord. Um, and take your, th- take your thumbs and subscribe to the Discord. And you can still comment on the YouTube. Like we said, we look at them. We talk about them. Okay? Just po- post the funniest comment. Carter will pick it and we'll talk about it. That's bad energy. I'm sorry. Okay? I don't like having negative energy early in an episode. But uh, that one got to me a little bit. Like, Jay Edward... We don't, people keep accusing us of thinking we're better than everybody. Like, do I just give off massive, arrogant asshole? I think I'm better than everybody vibes. No, I thought, I thought we were pretty clear that we're, we're a blue collar podcast. I don't know. Maybe I need to humble myself a little more. I'm going to take humble energy through the rest of this episode. We are better than some people though. (laughs) Let me me, me say that. (laughs) Let's move to the discord, but I am going to take humble energy through the rest of this episode. Uh, We did get some good comments in the discord. Let's jump right into them. Coy said, Illinois fans hate on Coleman for his turnovers and his reactions to foul calls. It's silly, but whatever. Do you have any other potential reasons Illinois might hate Coleman? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, not none that I want to speak of, but it makes so much sense to me now why I love Coleman. That's me. <laughs> that, that's literally me. That's why I said, add, add, bad, add bad shot selection and some foul language. That's me. That's why I relate to that. So, so, so someone can't react to foul calls anymore. Is this not a free country? If you can't react to foul calls, that's a world I don't want to live in. Yeah. But turn. Turnovers and foul call reactions are two of like the seven things on my list of why I think Illinois fans hate Coleman Hawkins. The thing is, all the reasons I think Illinois fans hate Coleman Hawkins are reasons that I like Coleman Hawkins. And shot selection is a third one. You mentioned that, but there are others that uh, I won't go into. That's such, a, that's such a petty reason, reaction to foul calls. Yeah. I thought they'd get more upset that he's just shooting from like half court with 27 yeah. seconds on the shot clock. But yeah, that's what, yeah, or, again, we love Coleman. We love all love these it. things about Coleman. I, I love it. I, Col- Coleman is a very Coleman's an advocate of the non singles and doubles club to the baseball pass reference that I made. He's all home run. Mm-hmm. And I respect that. There's got to be some home run hitters. He's good for the conference. 
Yes. Maybe not always good for Illinois basketball, but most of the time good for Illinois basketball. Tristan says, I didn't understand the backup context. I will do better. Probably not, though. Also, who says no to this trade? Mawat Mag and Cliff Amorie to Michigan State in exchange for Xavier Booker and Cohen Carr. I say no to that. I think everyone says no. To, I think I think everyone will say no to that except for Rutgers. Tell me I'm wrong on that. This trade segment was really fun, and I'd almost like like I either want us to do this at a national level, or I wish like other podcasts did this at a national level because it's fun to think about. Um, I think you shrugged that off too quickly because I think Michigan State would most definitely be a better team this year with Cliff than with the two freshmen. And I, you know, I'm high on Booker, but Cliff is like a no brainer second best center in this conference. Okay, maybe not shrug it off as quickly as I did. I'll give you that. But as I'm still thinking it through, I'm I'm think I'm still denying that trade. I think that's fine. I like you have the right to do that because this freshman class is awesome. But you would still keep Fierce. You would still keep Garrick Norman. And you're telling me in March, in the fourth final day of March, March 31st, whatever Saturday that is, in the final four, you don't want on your floor AJ Hogard. Tyson Walker, Jay Nakins, Malik Hall, and Cliff. You're not feeling a lot better about that against Hunter Dickinson in Kansas than you are with what you currently got? That is a pretty tough lineup. I think uh, I think both teams would say yes to that trade deep down. Yeah. And basis would it, it was so funny to me seeing Michigan State fans' reactions because you can completely tell they can't put their bias aside. I don't think that's just Michigan State fans, though, either. Um, like, Every team that we like involved in this exercise yesterday, every single team had at least one fan be like, no way wouldn't do that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think i shocker shouldn't be shocked by this. Fans are often too high on their own players. <laughs> and I think, it. I think you and I do a pretty good job of trying to be honest about that. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. I, th- I think that's part of our brand is somewhat being honest about that. Yeah. Thinking we're too good. For- it feels good. It feels good <laughs> to be honest, too. For anyone who hasn't done it, like taking a – give it a shot for like a week. Just be honest about your team. It feels good. It's refreshing sometimes. Yeah. Maybe not good for your mental health, but good for your soul sometimes. Yeah. Uh, then we talked about Clemson. Clemson loses to Duke last night and uh wild game. So – you were locked into this. What was your play? You had Duke alternate spread with the quarterback. You had a same game parlay that hit, by the way, at good odds. It did. You had uh, Duke quarterback over 150 passing yards, anytime score, and like Duke, like plus 22 and a half. So hit pretty easily. It was like plus, it was like 10 bucks. It went 105. So pretty solid. So I was, uh, like I, I didn't place a bet until the game started because I was nervous because everyone in my life was telling me to take Duke. And I was like, wait a second, it's Duke. Like, what are we doing here? Isn't Clemson good? They got the bad quarterback out, Klubnik's in. And then uh, I I jumped on Duke Moneyline live just because I knew everyone in my life was on Duke and I wanted some of the thrill once I realized it was a close game. But I still, even as a winner of a Duke Moneyline bet last night, I don't know how Clemson didn't win that game by 14 points. Yeah, no, it, it was ridiculous. And someone, uh, actually someone asked me because they hadn't had a chance to watch the game. And they're like, is Duke pooping or is Clemson just like shit in the bed? And I'm like, Clemson's completely just shitting the bed. 
Like they they fumbled three times within the f- five yard line. They can't score. Like it was just I've never seen it. I haven't seen a team shoot themselves in the foot like that in a while in a football game. Not something that I can remember at least. That yeah. was really really bad by them. Um, but might provide us with some good things moving forward because if the books start hating on Clemson, we're gonna have to jump on that. There will be value because Clemson easily could have covered that spread. Now I'm glad they did not. Because credit to Duke for making plays, but they could easily have ran away with that game if they wanted to. Yeah. Blocked field goals, missed field goals, fumbles, everything you could think of. Uh I do so I think Duke's pretty good, actually. Like I, that quarterback's nasty, and they brought everybody back on the offense. And uh, I think they'll be competitive for sure. Mm-hmm. With that said, I still think Clemson wins the ACC somehow. I think they got to win out, obviously. But uh, I will be looking over, over Florida State. I'll be looking to buy Clemson every way possible. I think this was just a total fluky game where if you play this game fifty times, Clemson wins forty-eight of them. They just need to not turn it over seven times inside the five yard line. <laughs> like it honestly reminded me, it reminded me of PTSD of watching Michigan against TCU in the playoff where like if, if JJ just stops throwing pick sixes, Michigan wins that game by three touchdowns and he couldn't. <laughs> so like, what are you supposed to do? Like, I don't know. Weird fluky games that happens in football. That's part of why we love college football, but uh, don't overreact. I see a lot of like North Carolina football fans this morning being like, it's ours now. Like, yeah, I'd I'd slow down for a second. <laughs> okay. Clemson is still gonna be all right. Uh Trevor is in here and he uh said he hadn't have a had a chance to watch yesterday's episode yet. So uh he was curious if we talked about Coach Prime. We did do a whole segment on Coach Prime and uh we're pretty high on Coach Prime. By the way, we were nervous no one was gonna watch our college football stuff, but uh little flurry of views on the Coach Prime video yesterday. So uh, we may be doing more college football stuff in the near future. Yeah, we you know we watch the game. We, we know a little little thing little thing or two. Though our though our um, though our emblem is a basketball, it can be a football if you stare at it and are colorblind. <laughs> Trevor also says while he was on the treadmill yesterday, hashtag stay low and build. Shout out to you. He watched a bit of the U.S. Open. He hasn't jumped on that train yet, but it was electric. Count me in. U.S. Open has been electric, and my favorite part is that Cart has been watching. You've been texting me like proactively about U.S. Open, and not oh, even yeah. bets, just like you're just watching. Oh yeah, no, I'm locked in. It's great, and I'm like getting my term terminology down now. It's it's. I already told you. I said it on previous episodes. Like if you're not watching tennis, it's a like you said, it's a great time to get into it and watch it for one. Like because there's you know these young up and coming bulls, and then you got the old guys still there as well. But it's just an electric sport. It's just it's fun to watch that. Um, I know I'm gonna butcher the names. This is the one reason why I can't be a tennis complete fan because all the names are tough. Uh, Medvedev, Medvedev, Daniel yeah. Medvedev. Yeah, this guy just is like six four, lanky, and just stays on the is it the baseline? Yep, is that was called. Yep, and just rally, just can't phase him. Just I'm, I literally texted you yesterday. I'm like, this is unreal to watch him and uh, who was he playing against? I forgot. Dimitar. Yeah, yeah, just oh, going sorry. back and forth, baseline to baseline. It's like, damn, this is elite. And during the U.S. Open, a lot of players have gone to the tanks, which I'm a big advocate of. Fire-ass tanks. Shout-out to Lito. Shout-out to Tifo. Like, all great fits. Ben Shelton might be my new favorite uh, tennis player. I feel like I got to get my own favorite. I only take one that you tell me. I think I'm going to latch myself to Ben Shelton. He looks like me. That 
that's a, that's a plus. So <laughs> I that's, don't see that's that. what I'm rolling with. I don't see that for the record. A lot of people like Ben Shelton right now. I haven't gotten fully on the Ben Shelton train, although he is electric to watch. That serve is ridiculous. But um, yeah, I, I'm a Tommy Paul guy through and through as far as American tennis players go. I'm going to stick to that. Tommy lost. Uh, he's out. I'm sad about that, but he's still my go-to. That's not going to change. Uh, yeah, Daniil is crazy because you called it out accurately. Like It feels like it's such a casual match when you watch him play because he forces you to play that way. Like there's just no way to overpower and play like a tenacious tennis game against Medvedev because he just rallies everything. Like if you hit it as hard as you possibly can, he just gets to it and dinks it right back casually. And you just, you have to like draw him in. You have to move him around the court, but he's the best in the world from the baseline for a reason. He also uh, is really chippy. I don't know if you've seen any of his like on court interview stuff that's gone viral in the past. Have you seen any of that with Medvedev? Uh Uh-uh. So he is like the holder of like, if you made the 10 best, like on court interview moments of all active tennis players, probably seven of them are Nick Kyrgios and the other three are Medvedev. Oh, really? I didn't even know this. Yeah. So, uh, he has one. I'll send it to you after this. I'm trying to remember where it was. I don't remember if it was at a major or the U S open in the past or what, but, uh, I think it was the U S open and like the crowd was just on his ass. Cause he's a bit of a villain. Like he is a guy who will like make faces and like chirp the official and all that extra bullshit. Um, the the crowd was just on his ass, clearly rooting for the other guy, like booing every single good play he made, cheering every mistake he made, all that chippy shit. And um, he like they do the on court interview, which they do after every match. They grab the winner and they shove a microphone in their face and they ask like a generic, "What was it like? Like, what are you feeling out here?" Question. And he rips the mic away and goes, well, I just want to say straight up, uh, this was the fans. This was the fans who did this to me. Like, I, the reason you want to see the reason I'm here? It's you. And he does a whole circle and points, like, in a negative way. Like, you you want to boo me? You, you boo me to this win. <laughs> uh, wow. I kind of like, I love that. It was electric. I'll send it to you. But, uh, Wait, also- last, last, last thing I want to say about the U.S. Open, that's great about it. One length of it, like it's been on for like ever, if it seems like. So you can like watch it. It's been on damn near every single day. Obviously, it's going to get uh, less with the finals coming up. But literally, we're going to get first NFL Sunday, college football, and the finals of the U.S. Open. That's makes for an elite sport weekend. And I also love watching the, the fans in the stands because I think you can clearly tell like the people who are there because they're just like tennis purists. They're just locked in. And then they pan to the right and you see the Gregs and Carters of the world who love tennis, but also have Medvedev plus two and a half sets and they're just losing it. Like that's the best part of it. Yeah. I enjoyed Portnoy was there last night and I don't think he's ever paid attention to tennis once in his life before. And he was like live tweeting. Like he was like, I'm going to the U S open. Who should I bet on Sinner or Zverev? And apparently everybody told him Sinner because Sinner was the favorite. So he like laid minus 190 center money line and then just the swings of the match. Like he had like 11 tweets over the next three hours that would fluctuate from like, I can't believe y'all made me bet on a man who's 149 pounds to like this center. He has the heart of a lion. He's not going to let us down. I felt like I was living vicariously through him. Um, and shout out to Drew, by the way, our boy, uh, Drew, Drew Valentine, not to name drop, but uh, he went to the U.S. Open with his wife and his wife's family uh, over the weekend, I believe. And he got one of the coldest pictures I've ever seen saying hello yes. to Francis Tiafo. 
Yeah, it's elite. Go peep that. Coach Drew LU on IG. It was really, really nice. And last thing on the U.S. Open, this is 100% headed to Alcaraz Djokovic, by the way. Is, is, are we, are we robbed if we don't get that? We're going to get it. We're getting but, it. Uh, we're going to get it. It just is what it is. I'm, I'm resigned to the fact that we're going to get it. And I'm excited. I don't mean to say I'm not excited about it because we need that. Um, although, if we don't get it, that means somebody like elevated their game to make like a classic match on the way. Like, God forbid, if Alcaraz loses to Zverev, it's because Zverev just plays a hundred out of a hundred. But I don't even I think mess, they, I kind of mess with Zverev too. I like Zverev a lot. I like a lot of these young bulls, genuinely. But I'm telling you, we're gonna get Alcaraz Djokovic. These two have upped their game so much because of each other, and it's like there is no comp. Like, there's no comp in others. It's like if if Mahomes had showed up seven years earlier and we got like Mahomes prime during the back end of Brady, but we didn't get that. We got one face off from them and then they were out. Like we're just going to get Alcaraz and Djokovic in every major final for like three years right now. And it's that. incredible. <laughs> like I can't wait. Uh, final comment of the day from fam, who is our expert tennis handicapper in the discord, by the way, it says least amount of games that Colorado needs to win for Hunter to win the Heisman. Hmm. I think he has to make a bowl game. I think more than that too. Like I, they're not going to give the Heisman to like a seven-win team. You know, even if he's that special. I don't know. Vegas isn't like like they didn't move him that much. True. No, he's going to have to at least probably bust out a double-digit win type thing, right? Um, I, I just yeah, like I think if they make the. Pac-12 title game somehow then probably but like even then it might be Sanders might be the QB yeah true so I don't know I was looking at odds this morning because uh like they updated and <laughs> they're still pretty far down the list like true. and uh, also I was looking at USC's schedule if if USC is good this year and did what they did last year Caleb Williams is winning it again because that schedule is ridiculous yeah, Caleb's also ridiculous too. Yeah, Caleb. I mean, yeah, Caleb's also ridiculous, but I, I, I don't see. I, I see a world where he just goes back to back. I can't wait for Colorado USC in Boulder. That will be the game of the year. Yes, going to be very fun. All right, good day. Comment section. Shout out to the Discord. You can join the Discord link in the description of every single video we put on the YouTube channel. Uh, it's also in our Twitter profile. If you don't watch the videos, if you just listen to us, you can find the link to the Discord in our Twitter profile. Uh, join. We're up to like 36, 37 people over there right now. Yep. Join from the desktop too. Yeah. Cheaper if you join from the desktop. $9.99 a month is the intended price. Still don't really get how Discord works. That's on us if you pay more. But um, anyways, we're having fun over there. Let's get to our three topics today, Car. I want to start with Dylan Harper who uh, we've talked on this very program multiple times in the last couple of weeks. We expect him to end up at Rutgers. Ron Harper Jr.'s little brother, the number one player in his class in college basketball. He would join Ace Bailey, the number two player in his class in Rutgers. Uh, Rutgers already has Ace Bailey. There's some rumblings on Dylan Harper. And it's been presumed for years that he was just going to end up at Rutgers. There was the the picture we've talked about where he went on his Indiana visit and he basically trolled Indiana and did the Rod Harford Jr. Like, uh, shout out to his brother. 
but now we're getting like Trilly Donovan tweets that are alluding to the fact that the baddest man with the bags in this sport, in any sport, may be trying to swing Dylan Harper to become a Kansas commit. That's Bill Self, who I'm talking about. Clearly, um, as far as I know from the research I did this morning, Dylan Harper does not have an official visit set up to Kansas. Yet is probably the word you should add to that sentence. Do you think Kansas has a real shot at stealing Dylan Harper? Yeah, 100%. And I want to backtrack my life right right quick, real quick here. Uh, anyone who knows me, either online or offline, has always known me to be the guy that says the phrase, I have like some sports principles, like some sports pillars that I'm set up on. And it's mainly about like people I don't doubt or people I don't like bet against, kind of. Like, I'm never going to bet against or doubt LeBron James. I'm never going to bet or doubt against Tom Brady. And, you know, you throw, like, the Bamas of the world into that fold. One of the pillars in that is betting against Bill Self. Literally, there's not a scarier man in college basketball because of how great of a coach he is and the resources that he has. So, you know, even if you're a Rutgers fan, you can say what you want about having that connection. And, you know, if I'm a betting man, which I am, I would still bet that Dylan Harper ends up at Rutgers. I still believe that. I truly do. But you'd be naive if you didn't have a thought in the back of your head that if Bill Self gets Dylan Harper on campus, he doesn't leave there being like, shit, I love Kansas. I love Bill Self. And, yeah, I love Pikeville and I love my brother and family is everything. But, damn, like, this is this is, this is is next level. And, you know, obviously Kansas – is going to have a good recruiting class around him. They'll have good players coming back. Bill Self will work the portal. He'll be playing in Fog Allen Fieldhouse. Like, respect to the rack. But when you talk about great home court advantages, like, Fog Allen Fieldhouse is above the rack in my eyes. I'm sorry. It just is. I think that's kind of what it is. But I'd still put it like, and this is just me, you know, not a mad podcast, not a recruiting insider. This is just my own gut feeling is that still probably like 85 to 90% of Rutgers, but it's, you know, Bill Self, you never want to count that man out. That's all I'll say. Yeah, and I think if it's it's truly 85-15, 85 being Rutgers, 15 being Kansas, then it's more like 60-40, because if Bill Self backdoors his way to 15%, that's really 40%, because it's Bill Self. Like, there is no 15 Self bump. There is no 15% when Bill Self enters the recruitment. Um, so a couple of things for me. I We did the clip last week where I basically said, am I missing something on Pykele? And I, I meant that entirely from a place of like, I can't believe players think this guy is like a cool hang. Like he's the guy they want to hang out with. Uh, maybe, uh, could you frame that as like, oh, that was inappropriate of me to say? Sure. Uh, also not the first time we've said something inappropriate on the show. Like we're a half comedy podcast. So I get like people that haven't seen us probably being like, who's this media guy critiquing Steve Peichel's personality. But, uh, that was meant very much from like, a like, I want to learn what is cool about Steve Peichel because we just haven't gotten the impression that he's like the most enthusiastic guy from big 10 media day. And man, the wave of Rutgers response to us on like Pykele is the greatest human being ever. Uh, I'm buying that now that I've seen how many people have been like, once you get in a room with Pykele, you're going to understand what we're talking about. Clearly there's something that I've been missing as an outsider on how great of a person Steve Pykele is. And that shines through with that said, 
I think Peichel can still win this recruitment. Um, he's probably one of the only guys on earth right now that I think could go toe to toe with Bill Self. Now, Peichel has a leg up because again, this is a legacy recruitment, a sibling of one of the greatest players in recent Rutgers history. So if this was like, if they were going toe to toe for Isaiah Collier a year ago, and I've been told it's, it's between Rutgers and Kansas. Sorry, Steve Peichel, but <laughs> I'm going to push all my chips on Bill Self in that spot with Dylan Harper. I still think this should be a, a basically taken as Rutgers until proven wrong. And that's not me doubting Bill Self. I do think it was hilarious that you just said you would never bet against Bill Self. But am I a betting man? Yeah. And I'd still bet Rutgers. <laughs> like by default, that means you're betting against Bill Self. Um, I'm not going to say you said it, not me. I, I just think it's notable that all the smoke here, like the Trilly tweet and a couple of people had like articles written, like I think some writers for 24 seven, uh, the Kansas site had like, is Kansas back in play for Dylan Harper? And if you read the articles, if you read all the reporting that's been done in the last five days on this, there's nothing of substance at all other than don't be surprised if Bill self weasels his way back in. Like if there was actually traction here, in my opinion, one, there would be an official visit set or there would be a date on the calendar that's like, okay, Dylan Harper's going to Kansas. Or two, there would be something substantial that Bill Self has done that's not just like, oh, truly tweeted, keep an eye on Bill Self. Like, I I don't think this is anything. And even if it was something, I would lean towards the side where Dylan Harper is just like going to go do his visits and he's going to troll everyone the way he trolled Indiana. Like, if I'm Dylan Harper, why would I not take a trip to Lawrence and have everyone in that gym wearing Dylan Harper shirts get all the free gear? You're you're a big proponent of get the free stuff and then go home and commit to Rutgers the next day and be with my bro. Like, that's that's definitely the outcome here, right? It, it is until you get in Bill Self's aura ring. You get, you get sucked into that gravity that surrounds that man, and then you're, and then you're there. I will say this, though. Another angle, quick one. As a Big Ten fan, as a Michigan State fan, I guess I'll say this. Would it be good for the conference? Yes. But also, who are we kidding? If Dylan Harper could not play in the Big Ten and not, you know, basically murder my team for the next four years, I'd be completely okay with that. And I also think if Dylan Harper were to go to Kansas, I think it might also create some sort of a domino effect. Like maybe Ace Bailey sec- has second thoughts. Maybe guys like Liam McNeely uh, want to go to Kansas instead of, I think right now, one of the presumed leaders is actually Indiana. So if we can get him out of the Big Ten too, completely fine with that. Enjoy him in Lawrence. So now you want to eviscerate Steve Peichel's program. We've spent weeks praising him and saying we love him. And now I, yeah, I love him, but if there's a if there's a world where it's just Michigan State in the Big Ten and everybody else is Minnesota, I want that. Also, Dylan Harper, noted four year guy. He's gonna to torture Michigan State for four years. At All right. okay. That's what you poke at. That's what you pick up out of that. I'm not poking it. I just you're like if he could get out of the Big Ten for four years, like he's gonna be there for three months, man. You're gonna see him once, maybe. And Michigan State doesn't even have to go to the rack. When Michigan State's supposed to go to the rack, they play in Madison Square Garden because I don't know. You always have the hardest schedule in the country, but somehow you're getting neutral instead of the rack. So excuse me. Uh, yeah, excuse you. Excuse me. You're excused. I, I think this still ends at Rutgers, and I hope he ends up at Rutgers, even if that means Rutgers beats my team. 
twice in a year. I want to see good Rutgers, and I think we're going to see good Rutgers. Let's move on to Kentucky's uh, our our favorite player on Kentucky, Big Z, Zvonimir Zvonimir Here's the thing: he might not be on Kentucky. <laughs> can he can he still be our favorite player on Kentucky if he's not on Kentucky? No, and I think you would see the biggest drop in preseason rankings if he is not in a Kentucky uniform to start the season. Really? Talk me through that. Like, you think he's that important? Because we came on here, what, like two months ago now, a month and a half, Mm -hmm. when he committed, and we basically said this totally shifts how we view Kentucky. We said he was one of our favorite players based on tape that we've seen that was one of the late ads from the overseas stuff. And... I think we got a little ahead of ourselves because we're the only people that felt this way. <laughs> I think Kentucky fans are excited about it, but there's nobody else that was like, this is a needle moving move for Kentucky's roster. And a lot of the the rotation projections I saw did not have big Z in like a starter role the way you and I did. Well, you know, that's okay. Cause they don't know ball. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not saying that, but I will say that with big Z, I had them at like between 10 to 12. If they don't have him, I would have them barely top 25. And that's with me being high on their freshman guards. And Trey Mitchell, obviously, I don't think it's talked about enough. I think Trey Mitchell is a lot better than people give him credit for and can do some things as a stretch for in in the college game. But if you throw a stretch center into the mix, too, who can protect the rim as well, I I just think that truly elevates this team, especially in a time where they're going to be without Bradshaw and without – forgot the other guy as well who's hurt for going to be hurt for a couple months so they really don't have a center outside of those guys so having big z in the in the fold i think is a is definitely a ceiling raiser for this team and i, I might miss the things where people didn't think it moved the needle as much as we did because i i feel like it it truly is a fit thing a talent thing at all like it, it fits perfectly to me and i also think talent wise it aligns with the rest of Kentucky's team. Yeah, I still stand by being high on Big Z. I hope he gets to play at Kentucky. Here's the, Kentucky in the Final Four because of Big Z. I was really excited. Like I, I thought he does everything I don't see on the roster on paper. Like shot blocker, shooting, dynamic big that can do everything and play a ton of minutes. That's what I'm looking for on Kentucky's roster. And they didn't have that in my opinion until Big Z showed up but Big Z still hasn't shown up. <laughs> and that's the issue here. Uh, so just to be specific on what's going on here, uh, we have a report from Matt Jones, who is, uh, I believe, one of the KSR guys. He wrote an article on one of the On3 platforms. And here's the update. This is as of 11 hours ago. Uh, basically, Big Z was supposed to arrive on campus last week and start classes. That did not happen. Supposedly, the reason that did not happen is because it's difficult to move all of your stuff, I guess, from Croatia there, although a lot of people from overseas are doing that already. I don't know. Logistically, something happened and it was difficult. He needed more time. He was now supposed to show up this week and be ready for class on the final drop ad day of the semester at Kentucky. As of Monday mornings, this is yesterday at the time we're recording this. That is an unknown if that's even going to happen. The issue there, supposedly, is that Kentucky admissions may be blocking admission to the school 
uh, due to some exam results, or um, I don't think it's even the results. I think it's like one of the English equivalency exams he needed to take. Kentucky's not honoring the way they thought they would. So to summarize all of this, admissions? Admissions. At Kentucky, though. was So this, I, I want to pull the curtain up for some people. I know there's probably Kentucky fans might see this. Maybe fans in general are going to see this. I, I, As the experienced admissions expert on this podcast, and I would say in the country, car, is it fair to call myself the prevalent admissions expert in the college basketball media space? I, I'd go there, yeah. I am comfortable calling myself the admissions expert. Here's what I know from this. Big Z is not showing up to Kentucky, okay? Because this isn't on the far left spectrum of the admission scale is Michigan, where anyone like a Stanford, this is literally happening right now. Someone who had like a 4.0 GPA at Stanford can't get into Michigan because chemistry is a different degree. I don't know. It's all bullshit. They're the leaders in the best, right? That's on the far left. On the far right is Kentucky. And I don't mean to disrespect Kentucky's academic policies great institution i'm sure but on the far right is john calipari's program where you make things work that need to work okay and if this is not working if we're being told there's an issue with kentucky's admissions for a basketball player he's not showing up yeah i hate to disagree with you but that that aligns that that what what does kentucky ever had an admissions issue if there was an issue and it could have been resolved, it would have been done behind the scenes already. That's why, like, Cal's good the Don, enough. The Don, the Don Coach Cal. What a guy in his Italian bag. Solid. Yeah, you don't get on three articles when the mob has to deal with something behind the scenes, okay? When the mob has to deal with something and they can't deal with it, that's when the on three articles come out. So uh, I'm bummed about it. I think this is the, 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 the sad end of things from your projection like i think this does drop them they're no longer ahead of michigan state my first projections yes sir michigan state moving on up i will say this though i think he ends up playing though i think cal finds a way oh wow okay cal's gonna find a way he ain't he ain't he ain't he ain't juan he ain't mark mark martelli he's gonna find a way okay there there's definitely a difference there but again big c not on campus Final ad drop day of the semester. I wasn't on campus during syllabus week either. <laughs> Where were you? I mean, you I guess in... I was on campus. I guess I was on campus, but I mean, that's about it. You weren't in Croatia. I was <laughs> you were, not in Croatia. You were at whatever that liquor store was on the street. The crack shop. The crack shop. Yeah. Love I don't so think I, I don't think Big Z's at the crack shop. Probably is in Croatia. All right. Uh, at the end of the day, the Sleepers podcast is a college sports podcast, college basketball podcast, college football podcast. Now, whatever you want to call it. At the end of the day, Cart, we are a drama podcast and we are a petty podcast. And some petty drama has emerged in Michigan football's world this week. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, starting quarterback, Cade McNamara, Iowa starting quarterback. Everybody knows the history there. Cade was the incumbent starting quarterback when JJ showed up Cade had sort of kind of beaten out that big group of like, are they the next Michigan court? Like Dylan McCaffrey was in there and he looked good for a while. Joe Milton was there. And then all of a sudden Cade showed up and said, what if we went out after storming back to beat Rutgers 
and uh, somehow magically started beating Ohio State. I still don't really know how that happened, but Cade was good as Michigan's quarterback. He wasn't JJ. JJ took the job from him in a, a situation where they both were playing significant time. They played a two-quarterback system. JJ won the job. Cade lost the job. Cade transferred, went to Iowa. Well, now there are Michigan sites reporting that behind the scenes, during that dynamic, JJ had reached out to Cade asking for mentorship, basically blah, blah, blah. Like, hey, I want to learn from you. Excited to be here. Cade ghosted him. Cade gave him the, the cold shoulder, was not willing to, whatever you want to call it, be a leader, show him the ropes, help him along. Do you buy this? This feels bullshitty to me. Do you do you buy that this actually happened? There's there's so many angles that this feels bullshitty, but the one that feels most bullshitty is JJ reaching out to K and being like, hey, mentor me, mold me. You're one of the greats. You're one of the stop it, bro. You were showing up on campus to take that man's job. Be cordial with him, but you're not reaching out to him to be like, I want you to mold me. I want to know what you know. I want to know what it means to wear that helmet. You're K. I'm JJ. Love me. Mentor me. He's like, come on, bro. I don't, I don't even, I'm not mad at Cade for ghosting him for one, if it actually did happen. Like, like, come on, bro. Get real. Let's, let's be honest. And the, the fact that this story is coming out right now is also extremely hilarious to me. Like it's, it's way in the past. Cade's already moved on playing with Iowa, throwing touchdowns to his same tight end. And, you know, JJ's not covering against East Carolina. And, Yelling free his quarterback or free his coach. So I he just don't know. wants it's his just, coach. He just wants his this, coach back. This this really adds to the JJ isn't cool. JJ is corny. I'd like to flesh this out a little bit, but uh he just wants his coach back, man. That's that's all he wants. Um, he, he didn't die. <laughs> He's so, not in the hospital. He's fine. I want to flesh out the JJ cool thing. I think that's a separate conversation to this i obviously you don't like jj obviously michigan state fans in general are very anti wait but but let me say this though i i might not like jj but i can like say i respect i think jj is good okay i appreciate that i uh jj is good but the uh, the antics are extremely corny i'm sorry and i feel like i would say the same thing if it was michigan state's quarterback i truly believe that so I, I do want to flesh that out because I agree JJ has been caught up in quite a few corny moments. With that said, I don't know how much are like, like uh, let me take a different athlete I think is objectively corny. Jaden Ivey. A lot of Jaden Ivey's corny moments are like Jaden Ivey tweeting or Jaden Ivey like going to the media to like, do something lame. JJ to me doesn't feel like he positions himself as much. Like I don't, I, he might be doing lame things, but it doesn't seem as much of like the attention seeking him proactive doing it. And the, the one that was the most obviously was like him standing there watching the TCU celebration. That was a little staged, but like I I've seen people try like, taking a picture of him, like doing the whole meditation thing before games. I will say that that's the one thing I feel like they can't throw in there. That's, that's something a lot of players do. That's not making it about yourself. That's actually something that people do. It's the other things besides yeah. that. I just want to throw that out there. But it would like, what would be lame would be if JJ was taking a picture of him meditating and Instagramming it with a caption every week. He's not doing that. He's just meditating. So like, 
the fact that all these images come out of him, I think are part of this and it's going to happen when you're the quarterback at Michigan. And by the way, you're a damn good quarterback at Michigan. And by the way, you're a handsome looking white dude. Like you're gonna, you're gonna be poster boy of all this shit. And you're going to have pictures of everything you do. And JJ just so happens to be a guy who does a lot of quirky shit. Like he has a, a smiley face on his hand. Okay. Like that's Caleb Williamsy. And is is one of them cool and one of them lame? I don't know. It's up to you. So, um, all. But back to the original thing, though. This is like such a Michigan media moment for me. And I look. I get. I play both sides, and I'm unique in this rivalry that I'm in between all of this. But it. One of my biggest pet peeves in general is how Michigan sites cover Michigan and Michigan State sites cover Michigan State. There's just no objectivity to it. And I feel like shit is made up to always paint things in the most positive light. And it's not real. Like none of it's real. It's all bullshit. And obviously there's an audience for it, but like I guarantee if this flipped, like if Cade was still the Michigan quarterback and JJ transferred to some PAC 12 school because he couldn't beat out Cade, this exact story would come out, but flip the names like identical. There's no way to prove that any of this happened. All it does is further fuel Michigan's fan base to hate Cade McNamara and pro- like prop up JJ. And that's fine, but th- it's just like, if this really happened, why didn't we hear about it a year ago? Why are we hearing about it now? Just because someone wanted to show up on a podcast and make a headline? Like, I just, I, I look at it all with such an eye roll, you know? Yeah, it's just, it, it's it's meaningless to me. And it's just like, like you said, both parties have moved on and are honestly, I think, are in good situations for themselves personally. JJ is quarterback of Michigan. Kate's getting an opportunity to do things as Iowa. Like it, it is what it is. Um, I just think it's so it, that adds to the and also for anyone who's listening to this, I don't want to carry like the most negative connotation of corny necessarily because I feel like people think corny's like. Like, I think Steph Curry does stuff that's corny sometimes. Doesn't mean he's not good or great. But, like, some of the stuff that Steph does, it's just, like, when we you say it all the time, Greg. We actually think it's cool if it wasn't Steph Curry. Like, him doing, like, the shimmy sometimes. Like, that is – if anyone did that, we would be like, oh, that's corny kind of. So, it's I don't want it to carry with the just this absolutely negative connotation. But I will say – a lot of the stuff he does rubs me the wrong way because I think it's just it's, – it's, 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 it's weird. It's lame to me. It's lame. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with thinking that. I will say, yeah. like, I I genuinely, in my heart, I am, like, a fan of J.J. McCarthy. Um, I do think some of the things he does are a little cringy. But in general, like, as someone who's watched Michigan football my entire life and watched a lot with my dad growing up, who's a diehard Michigan football fan, J.J. is by far the coolest quarterback they've ever had, in my eyes. And, like, you can say whatever you want about that. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Is he? In, in to me, yeah, but they really? haven't had a lot of cool quarterbacks. Like, oh, other than Denard, Denard was. Yeah, I was gonna coolest. say, you like, I feel like everyone loved Denard. I just completely had a mental gap about Denard. Denard's the coolest quarterback ever. JJ okay. would be too. But like, I, like, who are we comparing him to? Like Chad Henney, Jake Rudock. Like, it's not like Michigan is what? a notorious Wilt, cool quarterback. Wilt, spot. Wilt yeah, like it, I'm just used. My whole life has been lame Michigan quarterbacks. So oh, now we have a guy who can throw on the run, who puts smiley faces in sharpie. <laughs> Give me that guy. I like that guy. And I, also, like, I don't know. I feel like when comparing JJ to Cade, too, JJ 
gets a lot of the lame stuff just because he's the guy who won the job. Cade doing the whole what if we went out thing is lamer than anything JJ's ever done. Yeah. Like Cade had no sense of it was Rutgers who you just beat. And that little viral moment is lamer than everything JJ's ever done put together. So minus maybe wearing the free gym shirts. That's crazy to me, man. I don't know. I'm so sorry. It's just wild. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I tweeted out there's no I in team because he said we fence. There's no I in team, but there is an I in self-imposed. <laughs> Let this be known. Say what you want. That we fence was a bar. Oh, that's crazy. That's that, the thing you defend of Jim. If I could have if I could have whipped that out, pause at a press conference or something, that's elite. You're a big me fence guy, though. Yeah. Ain't no ain't no offense, ain't no defense. It's I fence. <laughs> And I need touches. Oh, crazy times. All right, let's get to one big thing presented by Big B. Uh, have you had a lot of Big B lately? Uh, you know what? I have not been waking up early enough to make my coffee before I get on here. That's on me. I'm really just squeaking out that extra like three minutes of sleep sometimes. Mm, yeah. But I was but I was up watching uh Zarev to like 1 30 last night. So I was up pretty late. Mm, respect. That matched it forever. Okay. What do you got? Uh, my one big thing for the day is, man, free forward, man, for real. He ain't do shit. Free my guy. Um, I'm sick of all the things he's been going through. People have been dragging him through the mud. Uh, so I just want to take four seconds of silence right now in honor of him and to free my guy. So if you'll please bow your head for four seconds in silence. Be back soon, man. Appreciate you. Stay up. That's how the show should have ended. That's <laughs> that just it, you you should have had the knowledge to let me know to go first today when that's the, the you know that's not my game. I appreciate that big movement. Uh, all right, this is gonna ruin the end of the episode. But my one big thing, I want to put some respect on a musician's name real quick, Hart. Uh, JP Sachs, I think is about to release the White Boy Cry album of the year, and I'm very excited for it. You know? Do you know who J.P. Sachs is? Are you familiar with his game? No, I'm ready to halfway get into that though. J.P. Sachs is the musician behind the song "If the World Was Ending." Remember that one song? Like if the world, world was ending, you come over, right? You come over, right? You come yeah, over, and you stay in that great song, right? Great song. J.P. Sachs, kind of a one-hit wonder, wrote that with Julia, uh, whatever her name is. Um, anyways. He, I, from what I've seen, he hasn't had many other albums, any other projects. He has an upcoming album that releases in a few weeks that has six singles out right now. Let me tell you, Cart, this has been the soundtrack of my last four days. They're beautiful. This man's a lyrical genius, and I'm very excited. If you need a good cry, oh, if you need a good need happy cry, yeah, I'll send you the link. JP Sachs, very excited yeah. for it. Bet. Three, four. We'll see y'all tomorrow on the Sleepers Podcast. Have a great Tuesday.